as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. It's an annual event for many in leadership and first responders. Coming up, the 2023 South Texas All Hazards Conference is set and is going to start in a couple of days. And joining us from the Hidalgo County Health Office is Eddie Olivares. So tell me about this big powwow, this big t- get together. What are some of the issues that you guys are going to be tackling in a couple of days? Well said, yo, Tim. Good morning, my friend. It's good to be with you. Yes, sir. Good to be on the air with you again. And, you know, it's exciting to talk about something besides COVID. So, (laughs) and this is a real positive (laughs) one. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we have the 2023 All Hazards Conference. This is our ninth year. We are, it's a conference that is actually supported and backed by the Texas Department of State Health Services. We coordinated here for, this is the largest conference in the state of Texas, and if not in the nation, where there is no cost, no charge to first responders. This is a conference targeted for first responders, healthcare professionals, police, fire, ambulance, uh, healthcare professionals that target them specifically to deal with all hazards response, being man-made, being uh, natural, uh, being a pandemic, whichever, hurricanes, fires, all the different things are discussed. Of course, we're reviewing some of the outcomes and after thoughts of the pandemic. But we're also looking into weather issues that might be coming up. We're also looking into the drought this summer that we're looking at probably already. So the, we have about 2,000 people will be in attendance at this conference. And it's targeted for the people who help respond to different issues. We have teams. We have public works teams that respond all over the state. We have uh, real t- Texas Task Force, Real Grande Valley, Texas Task Force 1, Real Grande Valley, response all over the state and the country to help you with emergency response. And then we have our local responders who work in a collaborative effort to deal with large-scale events. During uh, the pandemic, we had to deal with mass fatalities. So we had never had to do that. In, this, this, in the last couple of years, we've had to deal with, you know, well over 4,000 people who have passed away from COVID. So we had to deal with dealing with the funeral homes and hospitals and dealing with all of that. So a the lot FEMA of things trucks. need to be processed. Yeah. The FEMA trucks. Yeah. We had that warehouse in Mexico. We had over 600 people or close to 600 people at one time in, re- in reefers. Uh, in, yeah, in Mexico. Yeah. So all this is bringing all of this together, but it's a real positive event because you know we all get to network we all get to talk to each other we all get to see each other but more importantly when the large event happens we already have the relationship established eddie olivares is our hidalgo county health office administrator yeah eddie tim sullivan here talk more about what all of these uh, emergency folks and uh, other public health public safety public works officials are training for are you're training in in in, in anticipation of, of what 
Well, we have over 82 presenters from all over the nation that are taking place, primarily from Texas. But we have presenters from other states uh, that are going to deal with up-and-coming concerns that we have. What happens if we have a situation dealing with water supply and food supply issues, uh, the supply chain issues that are a big concern for us, and how to how to prepare for that, uh, how to deal with if eventually, uh, of course, a hurricane may affect us. How does that impact our healthcare industry? How does that impact our uh, educational system? And how do we work together to help with that? Uh, as evident this past year during the pandemic, the last few years, school nurses have stepped up and helped us with vaccination of thousands and thousands, over 400,000 vaccines that school nurses and local healthcare professionals assisted with. That integration was key, and it started with the All Hazards Conference many years ago. So I, I really feel there's a lot of potential for support and help. The global climate is changing as far as, uh, I don't mean it from a weather point of view, I mean it from a political point of view. Uh, we have immigration issues, we have you know, TBs on the increase worldwide, we have other emerging illnesses that we need to monitor. Uh, we're always having to look at what is the next threat that we're going to face here in, in Texas or in the United States. And many times since we're a border community, this is the gateway. So we're getting our teams ready by uh, cross-training and working together. Yeah, boy, what a very comprehensive, all-encompassing type of conference. Uh, is the training, does the training take place just in, in conference rooms, or is there hands-on in the field training taking place as well? That's a great question. We actually do classroom training. We have tabletop exercises, which we talk about, but we also have some training outside. There's going to be some special training that's going to be done hands-on outside uh, within the perimeter of the convention center. We're also acknowledging uh, some uh, some firefighters and police officers and some first responder personnel at our event as, as outstanding leadership awards will be given to uh, some of the local uh, first responders. And we're also doing something very unique that's never been done in Texas. We've actually looked at working with people with disabilities. We are targeting to work with the hearing uh, people who have hearing deficits. And we've actually partnered with STC, UTRGB, and more importantly, with McCallum School District. And, and we have, have over 80 people attending who are deaf or have hearing deficits who are going to become... Uh, kind of their influencers in the area of response. So we've targeted these folks to come in, learn about first responding, especially in the deaf community, and go back and assist and educate uh, other uh, people who have hearing deficits in uh, in our community. Right. Hidalgo County or across the Rio Grande Valley, we have over nearly 20,000 people who are deaf okay. or have hearing deficits. Eddie Olivares is our Hidalgo County Health Office Administrator. Uh, he's telling us some information about the 2023 South Texas All Hazards Conference set for this week. Is this the second one post-COVID, or is this the first one post-COVID and the big get-together for you all? The second one post-COVID. Okay. We had one last year. We right. had one last year. We had about uh, 2,000 at 10 last year. I was also. taking a look at all the folks participating. Well, some of the folks participating. I'm wondering if anybody from Mexico is uh, participating. you know, you got the Pemex plant. you got the potential, mm -hmm. you know. All the violence south of the border, we never want that crossing the border, but you need to be prepared just in case. You know, this is the land of 911, and then you got Mexico right. hurricane evacuations, things like that, just some right. of the things that the study. 
So we actually have some Mexican partners participating in the conference. Uh, we have the Secretaria de Salud, some representatives from their public health area uh, attending, and we have some uh, people from the law enforcement area who are special, uh, who take part in our VIP. We have a, our district attorney, uh, district attorney Palacios, actually is going to have a sub-meeting within the conference where he deals with law enforcement and JPs, judges, district judges, county court of judges, and deals with a law enforcement personnel. We're going to have a special in-conference conference for Border Patrol. Border Patrol actually has a leadership conference where they bring in all their uh, Border Patrol leadership uh, from across the border from California to Texas, and they bring them into this meeting, and they have a, a a secondary meeting uh, during this conference as well. So there is a lot of attention being put to the border, and we do have some binational partners attending. 10-4. And if in less than a minute you can tell me the bigger lessons from COVID, the takeaways that you guys are still talking about. Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, you know, today we still have 34 people in the hospital. 11 are in ICU. Uh, It's still around. It's become an endemic illness. This is no longer a pandemic. It's endemic. But the biggest takeaway is the importance of collaboration with our healthcare professionals, educators, and first responders. And it all started with South Texas All Hazards Conference nine years ago, way before the pandemic. And our coordinated efforts paid off through the training and cross-training and understanding how our systems work. Thank you, Eddie, for the update. Again, the 2023 South Texas All Hazards Conference for this week uh, set to take place in McAllen. Thanks, Ed. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710 KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710 KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it, it's free. It's dry around here, and long range, what could we do to maybe help out with a watershed? Can we go and get some brackish water and things like that? It's something that higher-ups that are making decisions on how we get water for our rapidly growing cities. And, of course, we still have agriculture needs water around here. Jim Darling, our former mayor for McAllen, joining us in studio. He has been volunteering with something called Region M, which at a more higher you know perch they've been taking a look at some water solutions i think we need to start there mayor what this regional entity is this region m entity is that you're participating with and then we can get into some of the okay. you know brainstorming that you guys are doing so good to see you again mayor. Good, good to see you all right so region m and what is this water decision making board well it's a result of the 1998 drought the state uh, created uh, water planning groups throughout the state mm-hmm. and designated them uh kind of tied to the texas water development board because these strategies take money and so the Texas Water Development Board is the lending 
granting agency for the state for water projects. Okay. And so uh, if you have a water project you want, it has to be part of the Region M plan and uh, in order to get funded by the state. So that's kind of the incentive of it. And then we're also tasked with making sure um, cities uh, meet their requirements from a standpoint of conservation ordinances and everybody has one in place and those those kind of things. So if you belong to Region M, and how big is your group here? The it advisors? goes from uh, Brownsville to Eagle Pass. Okay. So we're in, it's on river basins. And, and so it's mostly made up of... Um, yeah, we're the Rio Grande River Basin, and okay. so we go from Brownsville to Eagle Pass. So if it is called Region M, then does that mean we have, I don't know, like a almost a dozen other region... I think there's 15. Five, okay. There and then we, we have an interregional uh, program that goes to the state, so I'm a member of the interregional program. So all 15 uh, chairpersons meet um, occasionally with the state. To have the state of Texas divided into 15 separate little boards and you know brainstorming sessions, uh, that's quite a tug of war for the limited amount of money, I would suspect, for whatever water projects we have. Yeah, they have SWIFT funds, so they, they've they had some federal money. What is in, that, sir? What is that? Oh, you're going to ask me the answer. Yes. <laughs> no, that's okay. Just in general, what is this SWIFT yeah, funds? That, yeah, that's a, that's a chunk of money that they get from <laughs> okay. the federal money. Big ball of cash coming Yeah, up. that's, it. that's where it's all, all at. Right. And so the state and the federal, uh, federal monies, and so that's quite a bit where they get the SWIFT funds. So you have to be, um, your project has to be eligible for that. And one thing it has to be is approved by the Region M Board. Okay. We got our former mayor of McAllen, Jim Darling, in studio. He's participating with what is called Region M helping out the Texas Water Development Board find some solutions to our water problems. Just kind of a, a switch of topics, not issues, but do you participate in the IBWC forums that that agency frequently holds? I think either Westlaco or Mercedes? Or? Yeah, I, I, am, I am involved with the IBWC quite a bit, and I talked to the commissioner, uh, had an hour conversation with her last week. Okay, and so, yeah. Yes. I wanted to address something uh, as far as the status of Mexico water deliveries and the potential yeah. changes to yeah. the treaty. And correct me if I'm wrong, that, that could allow for earlier deliveries by Mexico? Or Yes. Um, I'm also unpaid executive director of the Regional Water Authority, Rio Grande Regional Water Authority. So we deal with um, those issues, El Rio Drain and those kind of things. Okay. But, you know, Mexico paid back their debt. It's a five-year cycle, right? Mm -hmm. And so in 2000... Uh, they were delinquent of two and a half years almost, which is 350,000 acres a year. So I figure 800,000 Masamenos. And uh, they paid that back by just saying, okay, whatever water we have in Amistad, in Falcon, mostly Falcon, you can have. And here's one of the problems with Mexico's water delivery. There's a 1944 treaty and says 70% uh, of our water comes from Mexico. 30% comes to the Pecos and Devils River in the United States and some local rains, you know, around the reservoirs. So 70% comes from Mexico. 100% of our water from the Pecos and Devils go to the United States. 70% of the water from Mexico, two-thirds, stays in Mexico. We get one-third mm -hmm. from the Mexican reservoirs. Mm -hmm. um, there's five Mex Mexico primary reservoirs. That Which feed are very into, full right now, I understand. Yes. Uh, Mexico. Pretty much. Yeah. Mexico. Mexico very full. Yeah. Here's, here's the problem for Mexico. When they deliver water to us, the treaty says that two— for every acre feet they deliver, two-thirds go to Mexico, one-third goes to the United States. So if they want to give us their water, they got to give twice as much to the <laughs> downstream Mexican. And so that's they had uh, riots last time. Wow. And that's why he gave the water um, at that point, said you could have all the water here because it didn't trigger the two-for-one disbursement of water from Mexican dams. The farmers in that part of Mexico said don't do it. And so the president's caught between a rock and a hard place, Mexican yeah. president. We yeah. understand that. 
uh, one of the things on the treaty would be maybe eliminate that. Yeah. But that's a big political deal in Mexico. But it, it would benefit the United wow. States, and it would alleviate the problem of the two-for-one release of the yeah. water. And, of course, I ask because we're facing yep. another severe shortage at uh, or very low water levels. Yeah, we're, we just Falcon went below we went to 28% in the reservoir systems. And, so, and it's not going to get any higher unless no. we have a hurricane. Yeah. We, and we're not out of we're out of hurricane season. We haven't had one in what three years and whatever it was, Nina, whatever it just all went north. If you saw everything came in the Gulf, just went straight north, and so we didn't have. We always like a benevolent tropical storm, actually, not a hurricane yeah. that comes up. What they usually do through the Yucatan and go into Mexico and yeah. fill up the reservoirs, and so we haven't had that, and that's a. That's a problem. And now La Nina is going away, I think. And so maybe the yeah, weather patterns just, will change yeah. a little bit and we'll yeah. get that. But it's going to, you know, cities, uh, when they go below 30 percent, have to go into some uh, sort of um, conservation program. They're all a little bit different. And then 20s, it gets pretty serious. And so we're uh, this last um, uh, spring almost, we were pretty well at 20 percent. Yep. And so we were writing everybody say, you got to look at your ordinance and trigger that. And uh, uh, irrigation was cut off at the same time. And so all of a sudden we had some relatively good rains in Mexico, not tropical stormish, that pushed it to about 32 34%. So we've been going down from there. But it's there. not enough because we're I'm starting sensing. planting season at yeah. just yeah, the bare you, minimum right now. Yeah, you know, and they're, they're the ones the that get cut level, off. At the city level, Jim, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Jim Darling, our former mayor from McAllen Institute, he's helping out on a regional basis when it comes to water brainstorming solutions. Uh, does should at the city level that trigger change from 20 to 25 or some other uh, trigger in order to start earlier because it's real dry down here and we don't have any long-term solutions yet for yeah, yeah they retention. do it like the in, the in the municipal areas about 60 percent of the water that people use in their houses goes on the lawn <laughs> for irrigation so you know that's the first thing they do is you got to start you can only water once a week and certain hours and that's that's a good conservation metal. You know, when it rains here, the water plants go way down because nobody's watering their lawn. And so you look at that. So about 60% in the urban areas, about flipped at 40% in the rural areas. And so that's what they attack first. Or I should say they curtail yeah, yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. And, th- and that pretty well works. I remember back in the 90s, the 98 one, uh, we went down past, I think it was, uh, was record years, 19%. Yep. And a lot of trigger, you couldn't issue building permits. And so everybody's looking at other cities Whoa. saying, are you going to enforce that or not? Whoa. And uh, I remember yeah. a city attorney and I thought, well, we, you know, nobody's enforcing that. We that need point. some long-term solutions. I mean, we got like small examples. Like um, I know closer to the coast, we have a D-cell. We have Alamo, I think, with a D-cell. Uh, D-cell, is that something viable? Take some brackish water and at least provide a chunk of yeah. what the city uses. Cities, you know, McAllen mixes it and it's, it's a lot easier to treat it if you mix it with your others and it goes through the normal treatment system as it's diluted with river water. And so... Um, that's almost everybody uses some. North Alamo Water Supply Corporation is probably the biggest uh, use of groundwater of any water supply. And they, they, they keep growing. You know, the cities are kind of cut off from uh, water supply because everybody has water supply corporations on the north side. So it's for the cities, not, it's really the growth has been primarily in the water supply corporations, the real growth. And they don't have water rights. They weren't traditional water right holders when the river was divided back in the Back in the so how do we attack this long term, Mayor? How do we attack this long term? Yeah. Cost effective or cost prohibitive? I got about two minutes. Oh, uh, diesel's okay. It's a little expensive. Um, out of out of the Gulf, it's expensive and it has a huge econo- uh, environmental problem because of the waste 
uh, what you the briny waste, what do you do with it? You can't yeah. pump it in the ground. You can't pump it back in the Gulf. So, you know, getting, you know, that we don't have the technology of Israel. Give it to Elon Musk putting our rocket send it yeah. into space. So we, send all that salt into space. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things is there's always a conversion. You know, you could, there's always water rights for sale. As, as um, urbanization happens to ag, there's water rights out there. And so there are water rights available uh, for sale um, every year. Can we dig enough? Yeah. Enough holes in parks around here. You know, we're doing the, like the retention pond thing yeah. to, to keep some water from the rain yeah. and create our own little lakes. And yeah, things that, like that, that works pretty good. Yeah. But not enough really to do treatment facilities. Yeah. And the one big project is the Edinburgh project. We don't have enough time today, but bring me back and we'll talk okay. about the Edinburgh project, which is really unique from a standpoint of right. collecting uh, we water. We will. We will. Finish water. All right. Good to see you again, Mayor. Good to see you. Thanks for stopping by. All right. Thanks. Jim Darling, a former McAllen mayor, joining us in studio. Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. And we mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news on News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have an active shooter, multiple gunshots. In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. This is your one and only station in the Rio Grande Valley for Houston Astros baseball. Again on KURV weeknights and weekends. I want to say thank you to some of our early supporters. Hess Air. Good morning, Louie. Also, big thank you to F&T Valley Motorsports. Tune in starting March 30th for Astros Baseball on 710 KURV. And somewhere out there, I hope that our previous fire chief for the city of McAllen, Jim Schultz, is tuning in. Good morning, chief. And we say in studio, good morning to our new chief, our interim fire chief for the city of McAllen, Juan Gloria. Chief, thanks for stopping by. Thank you so much. Very much. Thank you very much for the invitation. Yeah, I understand you got a shiny, real pretty big piece of equipment that's going to help out at the airport, I understand. Right? That is so correct. Describe that big truck that, that we have. Well, we have a, a brand new truck uh, that is designed specifically for aircraft emergencies. And uh, uh, we did the ceremony yesterday to put, uh, put it in service with uh, you know all of our uh, city leaders that were there to support us. And uh, this big truck, well, it's it's ready to respond here in City of McAllen to uh, any inbound and outbound emergencies of aircrafts. It's uh, re- designed predominantly for uh, fuel fires. To okay. uh, you know, all the agents that it carries is for uh, attacking fuel fires and to protect evacuation routes. So it's spitting foam. Is that what it is? That, like that long is correct. range. That yeah. is correct. That is yeah. correct. It's got it's got a, a different turrets. It's got an elevated extendable turret that that can spray that foam that that can help put out those fires. Is this the first one we have for? Uh, it is not the first one of its. Kind yeah. and the McCann Airport has been in operation for many years, as we know, and uh, we do have other other apparatus that are similar to it. But this one is replacing an older unit that is about 15, uh, 15 years old, and so uh, we're happy to have this new truck. All right. So, what's the price tag on something like this? And, and did we get the air conditioner and electronic <laughs> uh, uh, windows option? On Def- as well? Definitely, and it's got cup holders too. So <laughs> there it's, go. got, it's got cup holders. So uh, uh, we're looking at at a price tag of um, about uh, eight hundred and. Uh, fi- uh, Fifty thousand dollars, and um, uh, it's uh, 
it's an interesting unit. It's got a lot of capabilities, and uh, uh, that unit wouldn't be a reality without the uh, commitment and work of our uh, aviation department here in the city of McAllen that uh, through uh, passing, your, uh, passing your fees, uh, they were able to allocate all the funding for this truck. Our interim fire chief for the city of McAllen, Juan Coria, joining us in studio. Well, outside of those luxury amenities that <laughs> this new truck has, what what will this new truck do? Uh, what capabilities does it have that the old one maybe didn't? So uh, the the most obvious and most important capability is that this truck uh, has a hydraulic boom uh, that goes up in the air, and at the tip it has a piercing uh, device that is able to literally penetrate through the fuselage of an airplane wow. and, and spray water into the, okay. the, the, <laughs> yeah. the interior of, uh, of the fuselage in the event of a fire. And so that's, that's one of the, the, the newest features that we didn't have in previous apparatus. And this was all paid for by, uh, this, this is by local fees, not the, the, any federal funds involved with well, this? Well, the, the, uh, the FAA, the Federal Aviation Agency, they oversee the spending of this, uh, this type of funds. Uh, but yeah, those were collected by, uh, by the McAllen Airport, and uh, that funding can be used for uh, a certain limited uh, uh, type of things, which providing uh, uh, safety equipment is one of those. And so that funding was definitely applicable for the purchase and acquisition of this particular fire truck. How long have you been interim, Chief? So I've been interim here for the last couple of months. Uh, I've been with the City of McAllen Fire Department for 21 years. Yes. And so here we are moving forward. How are things at the McAllen FD in general? You got enough fire stations, rank uh, and file, well, doing I'm, good? I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're asking. So uh, here in the, in the recent months, we were able to activate a uh, brand new uh, engine company. We added engine number eight. To our city, and uh, this engine is going to be responding uh, and located on the northwest side of town in the Tres Lagos development there area. There we go. That was going to be so, one of my questions. So yeah. that that is it. Yeah, that's right. what that unit is going to be. And so uh, the uh, the sign is 100% completed for the fire station. We should be um, uh, 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 selecting a contractor to build it here pretty soon. And uh, we're looking forward to have that, that unit over there. The, the truck is already active. And so we have them responding out of firehouse number seven, uh, which is just south of Tres Lagos. And so the personnel is active. The station is getting ready to be built. Mm-hmm. Uh, the brand new engine that was uh, uh, allocated or purchased for that purpose is about to get here in the next you know, two, three weeks. And so things are great at the McAllen Fire Department right now. And you have a pretty good relationship with uh, folks across the border. That is correct. Often, uh, provide equipment for them. Uh, that, that, anything that is correct. like that in, in in the near future? Now that you're you're growing, any <laughs> leftover equipment that we can send across to uh, Reynosa? Definitely. The process is typically our, uh, the city of McAllen uh, has uh, sister city agreements with uh, many municipalities uh, in Mexico. And so uh, uh, any equipment that we have available for donation when the time comes, you know, we, we coordinate through our city leaders for them to let us know, you know, who it is that we're going to be working with to donate that equipment and give it a second chance to life. Interim Fire Chief McAllen Juan Gloria in studio here at KURV. How fast is that new fire truck at the airport? That, that sucker's got to move in order to respond <laughs> to a fire on the runway. Let's just say that it moves. Uh, it's, a, it's a big, heavy unit. Like when you look at the speedometer, does it say like 180, 200 all the way up, <laughs> up there? <laughs> well, at the same time, we have to operate with a lot of caution, right? And so uh, our, our drivers are, uh, for those units are dedicated to the airport. That's, that's their bread and butter. That's all they do day in and day out. And, um, you know, those, those vehicles are also very off-road capable. 
As we know, sometimes uh, uh, airport or airplane incidents don't always happen on nice flat surface on the runway, and uh, those those units are ready to go off road as well. How you doing on staff? And you're able to recruit enough people? Do you need more people? What's going on? That is correct. As as it is, um, uh, we are in the process of uh, hiring a, a few more individuals for our department. We we have a a handful of vacancies. We do have an academy that is currently ongoing. Because of Firehouse 8 that needs to go up at Tres Lagos? Well, is that why? The, the, the staffing for 8 uh, was already acquired throughout okay. the last three to four years. And so uh, it, technically we're fully staffed. We're at, we are at 180 uh, uniformed personnel right now, plus the fire chief. Uh, we do have uh, about 20 civilian staff, you know, and from clerical staff to uh, uh, communications staff. And so we are a, 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 an intricate machine that operates here for the safety of the city of McAllen. And of the seven firehouses that we have in McAllen right now, which one's your favorite? All of them. Let's no. just let's just say all of them. At a personal at a personal note, uh, uh-huh. uh, during my times on the trucks, I really I really love the old fire station number one uh, in downtown McAllen. That that building is gone. Is the one that it was just just south of uh, Business City Three on Bicentennial. It's a parking lot now. I really love working out of that one fire station. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for stopping by, Chief. Yes, sir. No, definitely. Thank you for the invitation. You angling for like the, the permanent title for well, Chief, or can, you're going to put in for that? Yeah, uh, I did put in my, my name right. in the hat, and uh, God knows. All right. We'll see what happens. Then. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you. Then. Thank you for Appreciate stopping by. It. Thank you so much. Juan Gordi is our interim fire chief for the city of McAllen. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Got some business to catch up to. City Hall, Harlingen, our city manager, Gabriel Gonzalez. Gabe, welcome back to KURV. Uh, let me see. I got a large stack of stuff I want to catch up. Drainage projects, improvement efforts for the city. Where do we stand in Harlingen right now, Gabe? Good morning, Sherry. Thanks for having me back you today. Uh, well, we've got a we've got a couple of projects that will be shovel ready uh, this year. The Fifth and Seventh Street uh, drainage project that's going to be about a construction cost value of about three point one million, and the Jefferson Avenue storm uh, sewer drainage that's going to be about a two point nine million dollar construction project. So those are both projects that will be shovel ready this year that we're actually out actively looking for grants right now okay. to actually fund uh, both of those or either one of them. So uh, we've got projects that are ready to go. We just need money to actually help us build them. Once those those two projects specifically, once they're done, what, like 18, 24 months down the road, will they substantially improve getting rid of all that standing water that when it comes down fast, we get in trouble in some parts of the city? Well, when it when it comes down really fast, I mean, every every city in Nevada is going to be inundated with water. 
um, what this will do is this will help the actual uh, neighborhoods that they'll be in. Um, and it, uh, if we get a slow, steady rain, we're not going to have any issues with flooding in the city because we can handle that. Okay. It'll get it moved out. It's when we get the fast um, and furious rainfall that we, we get issues. And yeah. that we can't handle. Gabriel Gonzalez, our city manager for Harlingen. Has the city, anyone at the city, considered maybe setting up more of those what do you call them? Retention ponds, right? At the parks and other areas. You're just digging a big hole and keeping the water, maybe even using it near future. Any talk of that in Harlingen? Well, actually, yes. Kevin uh, uh, County Attorney's District Number 5 is actually working on getting a few uh, constructed. And we actually funded one um, that's going to be behind uh, the police station. Uh, that's going to be a Lozano retention pond. Uh, we've got enough space to make it uh, a sizable retention pond, but for now we're investing about 1.2 million to get that done. So, both the drainage district number five and the city are working on getting some of those retention ponds built to actually hold water until it resides in the canals, and we can release it back into the canal system to get rid of it. Gabe Gonzalez is our city manager for Harlingen, catching up with City Hall and lots of business and things we're talking about in the city. In in general, Gabe, could you? Describe for us that solar panel farm project, that prospect of a project in the area. What do you know about that and what needs to happen for it to become a reality? Well, there's actually going to be a, a, a battery farm. Uh, they're going to have batteries built uh, throughout the, the site. It's going to be a loop 499. And I think the only issue that the city commission had, because we've actually approved uh, battery farms already in the city they're under construction now okay the only issue with this one was that it was going to be right off major thoroughfare on loop 499 and so we're concerned about um unsightliness with uh, all the batteries being constructed there okay if there was any issue with uh, uh any maintenance fire control that might happen down the line and so we just had a few questions that we wanted the developers to answer for us and so once we get the answers and perhaps do uh, some more uh, negotiating with them on the location, perhaps, then uh, it's probably going to move forward. Okay, that's good. So it's still moving forward. Would it the would this project be powered by solar panels, or or they just use traditional lines to put some juice into those batteries and, and store that energy when needed? No, what, what they're going to do is they're going to they're buy power off the grid. Okay. Um, Stored in the batteries, and when it's needed, when there's a power outage, it'll actually sell it back to the grid okay. and provide power source to power some some homes or, or or businesses for us in the area, or just throw it into the grid in general. Do you know? Well, it, it go back in the grid, but it's probably going to be just for Huntington residents. Okay. Um, it'll be closer to to the battery source. That's that's why they picked that particular location because it's actually close to a like a like a large transfer station that will accept the Excellent. power. So. All right. That's, and you learn something new every day. I, I just learned. I, I didn't realize that this was something. Uh, I didn't realize this was a business where uh, people put oh, big, yeah. big batteries in the ground and just store that uh, for one, put it back on the yeah. grid. Uh, Gabe Gonzalez, yeah, Gabriel Gonzalez, our city manager for Harlingen. What can you tell me about, uh, you know, ULA leaving town sometime in the future, going to leave a, a big, beautiful warehouse there. Uh, how is it going over at EDC in efforts to maybe find a new tenant at, for the for that warehouse at, near the airport? Well, we're actually looking for uh, – we're doing a couple of things right now. Um, 
the fact that ULA is leaving it was not a surprise to the city. They actually told us about a year ago that they'd be uh, moving out because the project they're working on has been completed. So we've actively been working on trying to get uh, something done. So the first thing we're doing is we're trying to get uh, the ramps that are on that building reconstructed so that we can get a tenant that might actually have access to the runway. Um, and so we've actually had uh, Representative Lopez tour the facility with Mayor Commissioner Kinsley and myself, uh, Marv Easterly, the VIA uh, uh, director, uh, to look at the facility, the inside, what it's capable of. And so um, we're looking for a, a tenant right now. We've got a couple of prospects through the EDC and through the airport that are looking at it. So okay. we just need to make some retrofits to the facility and make it usable for them uh, to, to get into. So Might it require uh, some city hall work, maybe some incentives, get them in there, you know, to forgive this and th that and the other well, for a while? Well, it's going to require some sort of uh, funding to actually uh, get the facility ready for, uh, say, an aircraft okay. industry type of thing. Yeah. So it's going to require funding from the EDC, perhaps, to do some of that. Uh, we're hoping to try to get some sort of outside funding from the state to help us with that as well. Uh, that's why we asked Representative Lopez to come in and look at the facility uh, with us uh, so she could get a feel for what the uh, the, the size and the scope of the building is and what it could be used for. It's, it's actually a 100,000-square-foot building, so it's really, really large. Yeah. And in prime condition, I understand, ULA really took care of that. It's waiting for a, a good yeah. tenant. Uh, Gabriel Gonzalez, city manager for Harlingen, joining us on the program. I was going to ask you about the mall, you know, the potential for the mall and attracting new business there, but let's start with with retail sales in the area, what can you tell me? How are we doing on as far as collection retail sales in the area? Well, they're they're, they're growing. Uh, we've been really blessed to have businesses coming to town, and later this month, we we hope to have a major announcement of a big retailer coming in into Hardington, and so that's going to help uh, spur future retails. Um, we have been, like I said, we've been really blessed that retail stores are growing, and so um, we're. We're getting ready to open up uh, a Dutch Brothers Coffee pretty soon. That's going to help. Um, there'll be, uh, like, like I said, uh, look for another announcement coming from the city and, uh, and its partner for uh, for another retail company coming into town okay. soon. Did you say Dutch Brothers Coffee? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you better, you better yeah. call H, yeah, HPD to go and, and manage the line. It's going to be like two miles long. It was over here in Nolana <laughs> when we opened in McAllen. It was like two miles long for for several several weeks. Uh, well, we'll catch up with business in the future, uh, Gabe. Really appreciate your time. I know we got to talk about the mall and other uh, business in the city, but for now, we'll leave it there. Our city manager for the city of Harlingen, Gabriel Gonzalez. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB.
You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Our guest is Rick Margo. He's with the Texas A&M University System, and we're talking about our McAllen campus right now for Texas A&M. Rick, welcome to the program. Let's talk about the nursing program. I understand there's some good news for that, so what can you tell me? Uh, yes, sir, uh, Sergio. Thanks uh, for having me on. You bet. Uh, we are uh, planning a new building to hopefully start breaking ground this fall for a uh, our nursing program that's coming Hopefully start accepting enrolling students in 2026. The building hopefully will be finished in fall of 25. Uh, we'll be offering a bachelor's in a bachelor's of science in nursing uh, to address the educational and employment needs here in the Valley. Mm-hmm. Well, not only in the Valley, but in South Texas. Yeah, and of course we always, always could use more nurses. Uh, the building, how, how big is that going to be? How, how much larger will the campus then be in McAllen as a result of that building? We moved into our building, the only building we have now, three-story building, about 60,000 square feet back in 2018, and we have currently nine majors. This building is going to be roughly about the same size, uh, three stories. We'll have uh, classrooms, study rooms, uh, uh, student space, uh, something that we're probably going to need in the future to, to house our students. So this building will address, obviously it's going to house our nursing folks, but students that we have now that are close to 400 here in McAllen at our yeah. higher education center will also be using the building uh, for, for study purposes and so forth. Uh, the building, uh, Sergio, also will house a a lab. A It's about, uh, about 5,000 square foot lab and research center from directly connected to our School of Veterinary Medicine and Biomedical Sciences. So that's really important to note that uh, Texas A&M is committed to also bringing in that kind of service to the Valley. Chancellor Sharp, uh, John Sharp recently told us that the South Texas College Partnership that uh, we now are starting up where these students can take a couple of years and and then transfer and continue engineering programs at Texas A&M. So it looks like we're going to be able to keep a lot more students in the Valley. And the RGV started at STC, get uh, the engineering uh, courses, and then continue and get the degree over at the Texas A&M account. Do you know how many degrees, either in engineering or anything else, that we are providing at the McAllen campus? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a great point. Uh, yeah, I want to thank, uh, obviously, Chancellor Sharp for, for his support, uh, President Banks, uh, for her support of, of, of our branch campus down here in McAllen. Uh, currently, we have nearly 400 undergrads and nine majors. We have two engineering, public health, biomedical sciences, construction science, agricultural economics, and we have a couple of uh, programs in education, uh, human resource development, and uh, STEM teaching. So we, we are growing uh, very, very quickly. And this building, the new building that's going to house our nursing and then veterinary medicine and, and research, uh, biomedical research, is, is really going to help us. Uh, that partnership with STC, I want to thank STC for, for their, they've, they've helped us from the very beginning. We rented there in 2017 until our building was built and, and offered one engineering course back in 2017. And our partnerships are, are really important to us because our goal is just to 
educate our, our folks down here to the great students that we have and hopefully they stay in the valley yeah. and increase the opportunities down here so that's and long-term goals and then we're really we're really excited that we're growing and uh, it, it's happening really quick with the texas a&m university system rick margo joining us on KURV, and they've got a nursing program. Is it now? Is it up and running already? You got students studying somewhere else, or are we waiting till twenty twenty five for that new building to be constructed and open, and and then we start the nursing program? How, how does it work? Yeah, that's correct, uh, Sergio. We the building will be finished. Hopefully, if everything goes as planned in twenty twenty five fall, start accepting uh, freshmen, incoming freshmen in spring of twenty twenty six. Right now, we do have a nursing program in Kingsville and in College Station, but that's, we are recruiting students from, for example, South Texas College, but these are students that have usually um, an associates in nursing, and then they go and finish uh, their their RN and, and so forth. Uh, what's unique to our new program is that we're going to be offering the bachelor's in nursing program from freshman year here in McAllen. And like I said, starting if all goes as, as planned, 2026 spring. Of course, you know, as, as we know, time flies and uh, it, it'll be here before we know it. So we're actively talking about it and and basically recruiting at this point. How big is the footprint, Texas A&M footprint, at Tres Lagos there in McAllen? Do you have enough acres, you own enough acres, Texas A&M, where you can build more, set up more buildings? And continue to grow the campus. You know, you're working on building number two now. We'd like to see a few more out there, a few more programs as well. Yes, we currently sit our first building and surrounding parking lots and so forth sits on about 22 acres. We have about a 80 acres left to grow okay. uh, of vacant uh, space. So, building two is is just the just the the beginning of our our future growth so the long-term plans are you know many buildings down there actually we uh, we are already speaking and talking about building number three uh, which would complete kind of a horseshoe if you haven't been out there to tres lagos we we more than happy to have you come out here and or any of the public i know a lot of former students or texas a&m are listening come out and see us uh 100 texas a&m aggies I uh, just wanted to correct you really quick, uh, Sergio. I work for Texas A&M University. The system is the overall uh, umbrella, but this our program, our campus in McAllen, is Texas A&M University, period. Uh, our students, our 100% Aggies, uh, are able to earn their Aggie ring in McAllen without having to travel to College Station. The only difference between our students here in McAllen and College Station is basically 375 miles. Uh, so the, the the uniqueness of our branch campus here is students save money by living at home. For example, if they live in the valley, we offer financial aid. They save on room and board and get the exact same Aggie ring and Aggie diploma degree here in McAllen. And the goal is to obviously continue growing and continue offering the valley, well, not only the valley, but all of, all of South Texas, uh, an Aggie degree. With Texas A&M University, Rick Margo, our guest, we're talking about the expanding uh, academic um, options that are available at Texas A&M University. The nursing program on the way, likely to start in 2025 as they're expanding 
their footprint, actually brick and mortar. They're working on a second 60,000-square-foot building for Texas A&M. How about an A&M-UT-RGV Vaquero football exhibition game to help kick out the, kick off the season in a few years? What do you think? Huh? So, hey, uh, you've got a you've got a great following and been around a long time. Appreciate all your support. If you can push that, I'd be more than happy to support. <laughs> that would be. That'd, that'd <laughs> we be may have to talk to our athletic department on yeah. that. But uh, uh, what what a what a great! Uh, I, I mean, never say never. I mean, yeah. Well, well, next time but, the chance uh, next yeah. time the chancer chimes in, uh, I'll put a bug in his ear. <laughs> see if he'll give us that sure. game. That'd be a lot of fun. Do, sir. Yeah, yeah, right. He, he controls. He controls the money, and he, he can make it happen. I, I guarantee it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> I got yes, you, bro. <laughs> we'll take care of you. Uh, thank you, Rick from <laughs> Texas A&M University, Rick Margo. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk Seven Ten K U R V. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.